one of my co-founders, he essentially said to me, I want you to leave the company and I want you to walk away with nothing. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grownups, if you are like me, you love to read, but if we're being honest, it doesn't happen. The time just flies and the intention does not become reality. So do what I do. Get the intel you want in a way that matches your schedule. I recently started using the Blinkist app and I love it. It puts the content of books that you wanna read into powerful summaries called blinks, usually just a minute at a time. A whole book can be 15 minutes-ish, just like this podcast, right on your favorite device. Text or audio totally fits your lifestyle. I am obsessed. Go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist for a free trial and to support the show. Wait, what? Yes, you heard it right. And we will explain more. But in short, our financial grown-up today, Kate Edwards, spent a year working as a founder with no salary. And then just before she would get that big payday, as in just one day before, she was shown the door. I know what you're thinking. I would never let that happen to me. I would have all the paperwork. I would talk to a lawyer. Yeah, right. Well, that's good. Let's hope it never happens to you. But as you will hear, it could. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for investing your time in listening to the Financial Grown Up Podcast. Here, we talk with high achievers who share many stories that had a big impact on their life and the lessons they learned from those experiences. And we top it all off with everyday money tips that you can use to improve your life. If you like the show, please help us out. Take a moment and review the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the growing number of other platforms. A lot of them, I know it's a little bit tricky to find, but once you figure out how to do it, it really means a lot to us. We read everyone and we truly appreciate the effort that it takes. Again, I know they don't make it easy. Let's get to Kate Edwards. She is now the head of a company called Heartbeat, which matches everyday social media users with the brands that they love. She likes to say not necessarily influencers because that implies that you have to have a huge amount of followers because in truth, she's looking for everyday people and we'll have something at the end with how you can get involved and get a lot of free products and money for your efforts. Free stuff, my friends. But before there was her current company, Heartbeat, there were, well, heartbreak in business. Kate was betrayed by her business partner and she gets very candid in this interview. You're going to learn a lot. Here is Kate Edwards. Hey, Kate Edwards, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you as well. You're so impressive at the ripe old age of 34, you are already a serial entrepreneur. You've worked for a number of startups, especially in the dating and the matchmaker space. And now you have a new company called Heartbeat. Well, it's not, it's a few years old, but you're already even making acquisitions, which is pretty impressive. Tell us a little bit about what Heartbeat does, because it occupies a very unique niche that I don't know if you invented it, but it's certainly something I never heard of in the influencer market. 
Yeah, thanks. Heartbeat is essentially a company that helps everyday people, consumers discover brands that they love and helps brands connect with their customers. And so essentially what we do is create these huge user-generated content campaigns on Instagram. So we'll work with you know brands like Drybar or Bose, and they'll work with Heartbeat to connect them with people who love Bose or love Drybar and get those people to create content about their products and post on Instagram. So it looks a lot like influencer marketing on the outside, but we don't work with influencers or people with huge social media followings. We really just work with these normal everyday people, primarily millennial and Gen Z women. And so what we find is that brands are always looking for ways to connect with their consumers and vice versa. So we're really a marketing tech startup. But in a way, it really is all about creating those connections. And speaking of connections, you have a nice connection with your fiance. You're getting married very soon. Yeah. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. So the money story that you brought to share with us is actually kind of an analogy. We were talking about this before we started recording to the fact that your lovely relationship is really also going to be very much a legal contract very soon. And that has a lot in common with the startup world where it's kind of all friendship and love at the beginning, but it gets legal and serious pretty fast. Tell us your money story. It does. My money story relates to a previous startup that I was at. And, you know, although of course I wasn't dating this person, as you mentioned, it did end up becoming something where, you know, you think everything's all well and good at the beginning. And then at the end, you know, it kind of turned sour. So I had started a company a few years back that was in the the dating tech space, if you will. And my co-founder was great. He was a really great guy. You know, I had a couple other people working on the project and we essentially were working nights and weekends when we started. I eventually ended up quitting my job to work on the project full time. And we worked together building this product for almost a year. Did you have legal paperwork when you quit your job? How was that structured? Yeah, actually we did. You know, we worked with lawyers and we all wrote the paperwork together. So in theory, we all knew what we were getting into conceptually, but I realized I ultimately had no idea what I was doing at the time because I really didn't understand the implications of what it means to be in a business partnership with somebody. So fast forward to nearly the end of a full year working together, one of my co-founders He essentially said to me, I want you to leave the company and I want you to walk away with nothing. And I said, hey, you can't do that. But you were partners and you had paperwork. Yes. I mean, you were a partner and you were a co-founder. Exactly. So essentially what the paperwork said was that all of us had equity or options essentially in the company. And as part of that, you're subject to what's called a vesting schedule. So a vesting schedule is determined by the company, was determined by us. Um, And a standard vesting schedule is that if you have options in a company, you basically vest those options over time. So you have 100,000 options in a company. That happens over the course of four years. And typically in this scenario, um, and in most startups, you have a four-year vesting schedule with a one-year cliff. And a one-year cliff, all it means is you can't access that. You can't purchase any options. You can't really own anything in that company, you know, until you basically have worked there for a year. So what this guy did to me was on literally day 364, he called me and said, you're out. And there's a lot of legalities that happen, and I'm simplifying it a little bit, but long story short, I walked away with nothing after working without a salary for a year. And after 
creating this company that I really loved. Looking back, I think there's a lot of different things I could have done better. But the biggest thing that I realized and, and the biggest lesson that I learned was that it's not just about reading the paperwork or having a lawyer reading the paperwork. It's about truly understanding what it means to be in a partnership with somebody or what it means to be employed by somebody or what does any type of ownership in a company mean? You know, since then, obviously, I've started a, another company. We've been around for over three and a half years now, which is definitely crazy to think about. And we have 23 employees right now at Heartbeat. And so I, I've learned so much more. I've listened to podcasts. I've read so many more books to make sure that I have this understanding. And I also understand the impact of having a lawyer in, on your team. So I just wanted to share a little bit about the mistakes that I made with the hope that anybody else who's working for a startup in the future can can take my mistake and, and make sure that they don't do the same thing. Well, did you have a lawyer at the time? I mean, were there red flags that you just didn't spot because people didn't look at it? Because if you guys were co-founders, how could he decide to oust you? That's what doesn't make sense. How did he have that power? Yeah, it's complicated. And, you know, honestly, it's not clear cut. It's not like this person owns 51% and this person owns 49%, right? We had a number of different people involved as well. And different people had put in different amounts of money and things like that. So ultimately, it was a decision that he could make. And I think being ousted is something that people see as, oh, that'll never happen to me. So it wasn't something that I had necessarily thought would happen. So because of that, because when you go into creating contracts with people, you do have a good relationship with them, you often don't think about what the implications are if they go sour. So uh, yes, I did have a, a lawyer look at the original paperwork, for instance, but you know everything was very standard in terms of how a typical startup is set up. Interesting. So effectively, he was able to control things because of the way the shares in the company were allocated. Absolutely. And there's also some things that weren't shared with me. So I didn't have complete transparency into everything, which was another mistake. Can you elaborate at all? Uh, you know, just in terms of who the investors are and what his relationship with with them are and things like that. All of those things were, you know, we, we actually didn't have very many investors. It was just a matter of understanding all of the players that were involved. But I do think the point of my story is not to speak ill of this person. Um, but it's really just to say that I think understanding, you know, the types of stock options you have, the types of, you know, if you are, are a partial owner in a company, what that actually entails and what your rights are. If there's people on a board, those types of things are questions that I just straight up did not ask because I didn't know about. And those are all things that I think a lot of people make mistakes on just because they don't ask the right questions. So looking back, what is the lesson for our listeners? The lesson for our listeners is always, always understand essentially who you're getting into bed with. That refers not just to if you're starting a company, but very much so if you're joining a startup. I know a lot of millennials and younger people right now think it's really hot to work in tech, right? That's the cool industry to go into right now. But most people don't know what it means when somebody says, hey, here's 10,000 stock options or 50,000 stock options. They're an ISO, they're an RSU. There's all these types of kind of industry jargon that's thrown around and people get excited that they have some sort of ownership in the company, but they don't know what it means and they don't know how to act related to that. So the lesson is really read up as much as you can on what 
owning a part of a company or an option to own a part of a company means so that you're able to make sure that you maximize the money that you can potentially make from that opportunity. And it's also interesting that you signed a very standard contract, but yet there were still a lot of things that you didn't know, even though there weren't any necessarily any red flags in the contract and a lawyer looked at it. So I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty interesting as well. Let's get to your everyday money tip, because this is something that a lot of people have very strong feelings about one way or another. So I'm going to let you (laughs) go for it and tell us the side that you are on on this. Is this a controversial money tip? I think it is. I think it is. I like to to come in hot and... uh... (laughs) My tip is to get an MBA. And the reason that it's my tip is just that it is a very clear return on investment. Data has shown a lot of people and particularly women are a little risk averse to getting an MBA because you have to take yourself out of the you know environment in the working world for a few years. You have to invest actual money, but you also have to invest time. I got an MBA. I went to UCLA Anderson here in Los Angeles What I've done a little bit of research on this anecdotally as well. And I've, from all of the women I've spoken to, I now have friends from business school who work at Uber and Netflix and Hulu and McKinsey, all of these people working at these great companies. And they've all seen a very huge increase in their salaries. So I even had a friend who made $40,000 before going into business school and he came out of business school and made 200. The numbers basically show that you know the return on investment you see is somewhere between 250 and 325 percent return on salary immediately after graduating, and then of course lifetime earnings are increased as well. I think it's a very smart thing, and I think that um, the networking, what you talked about with all the different people that you've met, and now you have contacts at all those other companies, should also not be underestimated. The value of that as well. Before I let you go. I know that my listeners are going to want to hear more about your ambassador program. (laughs) Sure. So to become an ambassador with Heartbeat, all you have to do is go to heartbeat.com and sign up as an ambassador and follow brands you love, answer some survey questions, and you're able to get paid to create content and post on your personal Instagram account. So anybody can do it, even if you just have 500 or 600 followers that's really the type of people we're looking for, not people with huge following counts. We've given away both headphones and free beauty products. So a lot of people do it because they're excited to discover brands, but also getting paid, getting free product. You know, we're always looking for people to sign up to be an ambassador. Plus, it's just a fun thing to do. Let me know all of your socials and where people can find out more about you in addition to the company. Sure. So you can follow me on social media. My handle's the same on everything. It's at K8EDDIE. So K, the number eight, E-D-D-I-E. And that's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Uh, So because we're a social media marketing company, we're we're pretty all over social. Um, And then you can follow at Heartbeat on all of the platforms as well. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to learn from you and excited to, to share with everybody else out there. Before we get to my take on the interview, I have some exciting news to share with everyone. I recently became totally obsessed with an app. It is called Blinkist. It summarizes books to just about 15 minutes. Yeah, kind of like this podcast, about 15 minutes. In fact, you can even listen to one minute chunks at a time. They call them blinks. So now I have been cruising through several books a day at a time and loving it. So much so that I actually reached out to Blinkist and was able to bring them on board as a partner to the Financial Grown Up podcast because 
I want you guys to have this too. I know how precious your time is. Please use my link, bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. You'll get a free trial. And then report back to me what your favorite blinks are so I can thank you for supporting the show. Again, the link is bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. Let me know how you like it. Here we go, my friends. Financial grown-up tip number one. It is scary out there. Standard legal documents don't always mean they will protect you. In fact, the standard may be designed to protect someone else. So just like with medical-related decisions, it may be worth it to get more than one lawyer involved when agreeing to work for what was, in Kate's situation, a full year for free. And read it yourself also and ask the lawyer questions. But even then, know that things can go bad. And don't blame yourself if it happens. It could happen to any of us. Financial grown-up tip number two. Get more educated. Kate is a big fan of the MBA and the numbers there are real and compelling. I totally get it. It may not be for everybody. And if that is not for you, you can still educate yourself with things that may not be as heavy a lift. MBAs are great, but that doesn't mean it is an option for everyone at every stage in their life. And that's okay. I went, for example, and became a certified financial planner. And while I don't have a practice with financial planning clients, I know that, first of all, I could one day. It's always an option. It's always good to have options for different income streams. I know that it has resulted in getting me higher paying jobs. There are so many ways that we all can up our education, whether it be learning something tech-related or just expanding our general knowledge of what we are already doing so that we can be one step better than the competition or at the very least keep up with the competition. There's so much innovation going on. It's so important to stay on top of trends and know the latest and greatest things going on in your industry. Before we go, I want to just give you guys a quick plug for my other podcast, Money with Friends. I co-host it with Joe Salcihai of the Stacking Benjamins podcast, and we have teamed up with a rotating cast of guest expert hosts to break down the news stories that matter and talk about how we can use those to live richer lives. So please check out Money with Friends. And if you enjoy the show, please let us know. Be in touch on all the socials. On Instagram, I'm at BobbyRebel1 on Twitter at Bobby Rebel, And there are links in the bios of both of those to both this podcast and Money with Friends. Please share it with friends and please know that we appreciate your support. So thank you so much. Kate Edwards is such an incredible role model for all of us. So the final thank you goes to Kate Edwards for helping us all be financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.